Welcome to episode 83 of the Farm Exec Podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, Senior Editor of Farm Exec Magazine and your podcast host. Farm Exec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. On this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Mike Starich, CEO of Orion Talent, and Dr. Armand Balboni, CEO of Apili Therapeutics. They talk about hiring veterans for roles in pharma and how the industry can capitalize on their unique qualifications. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Mike and Armand. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truesterumntwk.com. Hello, podcasters. Today, I'll be interviewing Mike Starich, CEO of Orion Talent, and Armand Balboni, CEO of Apili Therapeutics. Mike and Armand are here to discuss how veterans have specific skills and qualities that can set them up for success in pharma and what the industry can do to uncover their potential. Thanks for joining me today, gentlemen. Great to be here. Thank you, Elaine. Yeah, nice to be here. Thank you. Let's first talk about each of your backgrounds in the military and how you transitioned to working with pharma companies. Mike, do you want to go first? Sure, you bet. So I spent seven years in the Marines after college, and my primary job in the Marine Corps was as a weapons and radar officer flying F-4 Phantoms. But my final stint was as an officer recruiter, and that played well into what I was considering to do when I left the service. And so when I decided to separate from the Marines, I actually interviewed with some pharmaceutical companies for sales rep roles. Some peers of mine had taken some jobs with pharma companies, and so I thought that with some college biology and chemistry under my belt and the sales skills I picked up from officer recruiting, it might make me a competitive candidate. It worked. I did receive an offer from a pharmaceutical company for a sales rep role, but I also received an offer from Orion, which I ended up taking and I'm, you know, here I am 30 years later. But in, in this role, when I started as a recruiter, I worked with a lot of hiring managers from the pharmaceutical industry and placed a pretty high volume of foreign military into various positions inside of pharmaceuticals. Interesting. Armand, do you want to reply? Sure. So my path to CEO started as an enlisted member of the U.S. Coast Guard right out of high school and before college to ostensibly earn enough money and get the GI Bill to pay for school. It then turned into a career after graduating from college and and going to a medical school, which was paid for by the military. I then went on to serve as a physician and infectious disease researcher. I'm doing work at the bench, trying to translate those basic science findings into uh, new therapeutics for the warfighter. This this evolved over time, and I, I find myself now with over 20 years of uniform service, both on active duty and in the reserves, as I moved into the private sector to uh, continue to develop therapeutics to, to tackle unmet needs in infectious diseases. And so uh, it really uh, didn't didn't start with a, a vision of where I am now, but but certainly ended up there as both an enlisted and a member of the military and an officer. So Armand, what are some unique skills and qualities veterans can bring to the pharma table? 
In my experience, a dedication and a passion for, for mission. You know, we, we have a saying, uh, mission first, people always, you can invert those, people always, mission always. I mean, there are lots of ways to say it, but, but it really is this idea of knowing where we're trying to go um, and having the discipline to get, and, and that is uh, the same in a company. I think we help to define the end state as senior members of a company and, and the veterans that, that we've worked with have always been able to uh, to move out and get the job done and ask questions along the way. And they're not afraid of doing the hard work uh, necessary to reach those goals. And Mike, what are some of the best roles for veterans in the pharma industry? A variety of them. The two overarching categories, I would call it, is in the sales side of the business is, and then in the manufacturing and distribution side of the business. And so on the sales side, they have done remarkably well over time in sales roles. They're very autonomous. As Armand said, they're very mission focused and they also develop well into district managers and regional managers. And then on the manufacturing side, there's a lot of subcategories. They do exceptionally well in engineering, process engineers, and they would have these degrees either once they were in the military, primarily though, they picked them up prior to the military and they can still go into process engineering roles, project engineering roles, things along those lines. They do exceptionally well in supervisory and management positions on the operations side. They do very well in facilities and the upkeep of facilities, whether that be maintenance, power systems, uninterrupted power systems, maintenance, troubleshooting and repair. The military is a very good source of technician candidates for electrical, mechanical, electromechanical roles. So very strong. Um, and these days, it's harder to find that type of candidate in the civilian workforce. And lastly, what I would add is for each of those categories for sales and for manufacturing, they really grow fast into leadership roles. If you can set up a leadership development program, that works very well. It can help build a bench of promotable candidates, but it also serves as a really good attraction tool for hiring strong candidates into your companies. So Mike, what are some of the roadblocks to bringing more veterans into the industry and how can companies get past them? And then Armand, if you want to also add to that. Assuming there is corporate intent to hire military, I'll go into probably the, the two primary roadblocks. First, I would say finding veterans that would fit into the culture and the positions that are available inside of these organizations. And secondly, would be how do you assess them and bring them on? So back to the first, in terms of how do they fit in, the problem is often related to the people and systems within talent acquisition. TA and HR people are largely do not have prior military experience. And this is just from my own experience in dealing with talent acquisition and HR over time. And then secondly, it would be the technology matching systems uh, that TA often uses to identify potential talent. They have a hard time with military resumes, even if the military resumes are what we call civilianized. So what I recommend is start with a plan, assess your current situation, see where you're at in terms of how, what percentage of your workforce in various locations and facilities are former military of some sort, and then set your goals. What are your goals for this? Um, not just numerical goals, but what are you trying to transform in the organization that the military could offer your company? Um, position fits, uh, I would identify some that were great for entry level, build a process around that, build reporting and accountability around it, also, I would recommend having a champion. Guaranteed, there are former veterans in, in your organization right now. And if you can find some people that have a passion for this, that really want to get behind it, put them in charge as a collateral duty or, or directly in charge of it. 
And then from there, you set up your sourcing and attraction models. Uh, you look at your website, your positions, your veteran landing pages. You might set up a special channel for recruiting that is a good pipeline for military. And it might be separate from the normal requisition process uh, in order to find those individuals. And then secondly, that other overarching was how to assess them. This falls back um, on the lack of prior military experience within TA and HR. And there's often a pretty big gap between the alignment of military jargon and civilian jargon. So I would recommend using the, an employee, these passionate people, your champions, your veteran champions to help train TA and hiring managers on the position fits that you've identified, how to analyze a resume because they will be different, and then how to interview the military candidates, what questions to ask them based on their backgrounds and what to listen for in the answers. These would all go a long way in terms of overcoming any of the uh, roadblocks that are out there. Generally, it is that translation piece. And so if you can overcome that, you're well on your way to having a good military program. Armand, do you want to answer that? Sure. So I think Mike brought up some great points. And at Apelli, as a scientific company, the technical skills that veterans bring, uh, military members uh, transitioning back to the civilian side bring as veterans is and can be invaluable. It's difficult, though. The roadblocks are, you know, how do we identify um, those folks with, this, with the requisite skills that are going to translate into what we do as a company? And I think, again, Mike brought up this great point about HR folks. There are about 19 million U.S. veterans as of this year. That means less than 10% of the total adult population has served in the military. And so how do we get those folks that are screening, actively screening for potential hires um, to really understand and translate even a civilianized resume. It's difficult if you don't really know how the military operates or frankly, what their evaluation system is, how are you going to translate that to make them um, competitive with their peers? And so I think this is something that we frankly struggle with and it takes a commitment to really educating the team within the company. And I do that as, as, a, as a veteran, but you know, it's not really scalable. And so, so how are we going to make this commitment to filling the pipeline if I'm the one having to educate the HR folks. They're, they're, so so we, I think we need to find, Frank, a better way. And so some of the roadblocks are internal to the company. How do we get better at, at doing this? Because I'm committed to it. The other is, how do we communicate to those folks leaving military service? How do we get them to translate what they've done to something that is applicable to what we need? And so there's just a different language. And so I think there's a little bit of communication that has to go on on both sides in order to help the process. And that will certainly help companies like Apelli get past some of those issues if we had, a, a, I guess, a cheat sheet, if you will, of what does it mean to be a leader in the military? What does it mean to be a squad leader and a company leader? Or if you're you know, the, the head of a section on a, on a ship and you've led 25, 30, 40 people, what, is, what does that mean? And so sometimes we talk past one another because we use different um, jargon or different words. It's clear that leadership is important, but how you communicate it in a way that's industry friendly is important. And also on the industry side that we effectively develop the tools um, so that we can pull out those skills that we think are most important as part of advertising for a job, for example. You know, we talked a little bit about connecting with veterans already in the organization, but how important are networking and mentoring in the hiring process and supporting veterans already within the organization? Armand, do you wanna go first? Networking and mentoring in a company like ours, which is a relatively small company, is incredibly important. 
I think that it is, again, a process of building that network within the company for active mentoring and, and helping the transition, both for the veteran and for the company. And so we've had great success doing that. It's a little more ad hoc, and I'm sure Mike will tell you about a more formalized process that he's been experienced with. But you know, I think it is a work in progress from my perspective. Frankly, we've been very successful with an individual mentoring program and a hiring process that is, again, a little bit different for transitioning service members and veterans generally. And, you know, we've had to revise some of the language to become a little more clear about what the the chain of command is, if you will, or the lines of communication, because they have one idea um, and and we have a fairly open communication structure. I just remember seeing the the look on the face of one of, of our hires when we were in a meeting and it's a bit of a free for all, right? And so it's just a, it's a, it's a style that we use to, to brainstorm. And I could just tell they were incredibly uncomfortable with this idea that there was no clear leadership chain of command going on. It existed, but it wasn't the way they were used to seeing it. So I think, you know, to communicate that ahead of time is important. I don't think they need to help understanding what a chain of command is, but not every company uses that. And so by way of example, that's just, that's just kind of one way. So networking, mentoring, building a hiring process that is veteran friendly, frankly. What, Mike, what are your thoughts on this? Very similar. Amon did a good job there. I, you know, interestingly, I have found that veterans, they don't necessarily want special treatment, but it is, it is sure a nice thing to have inside the organization because it'll make for an easier transition and also will improve retention as well. But I had mentioned, you know, first out of the gates, I had mentioned that a specialized recruiting channel is helpful for a uh, large organizations, uh, that works really well. And whether it is an outsourced type of program or not, it does work. And what I mean by that is someone in the process that is a trained recruiter that can not only screen and do their normal screening and moving a candidate forward in the application process, but also can help coach the candidate. What strengths to bring out, what things to avoid talking about, acronyms or whatever the case might be so it doesn't confuse the hiring manager in the process. And then secondly, I think, as Armand mentioned, is that sort of a big brother program or a veteran support group is what the, a lot of companies will call it, a VSG for short. Um, and this would give the former military individual that's now you know, a newly hired person or somebody that's actually looking to onboard with a company to ask the things you would not want to ask a peer or a boss just for the fear of building a negative perception like, I, God forbid I ask a silly question kind of a thing. The worlds can be very different, the military world and the civilian world, especially for those coming out of, let's call it the combat units, Marine and Army and things like that. And so they might wonder, as Armand mentioned, you know, how does a chain of command work, especially these days? It could be a matrix leadership situation uh, where they might have multiple bosses in which, okay, what, what's the direct line? What's the dashed line? They'll want to know these types of things in something as simple as dress codes. You know, what, what's wise to wear, what's not wise to wear. All those little things and these other protocols that might be assumed or just sort of a given for non-military people, it might be totally alien to a military individual. And so those little things to be asked of these big brothers or big sisters is really a, a very good thing to have inside the organization. And like I mentioned, Uh, Having something like that can be very healthy for the organization and can contribute to the assimilation and the onboarding, but also the retention of that person long term. 
Armand, are there any resources or programs that can help companies realize the potential of veterans in the workplace? So I, I think there are a couple. Uh, certainly uh, one that I use and, and we, we brought in two veterans was the DOD Skill Bridge Program. I think it's a fantastic program that as an industry partner, um, we gained early access to experience and skills of some transitioning veterans. This was a, a fantastic program. The DOD paid the service member salary and benefits while they participated in the program. And I, I believe it was I think it lasts up to, and Mike may know about this. I'm sure he knows about this as well. I think it, it lasts up to 180 days of the final 180 days of their service. I don't remember offhand, but it was, it was a great program. And the other that I've looked into, but we haven't, haven't been able to use yet, but we're, uh, but we're interfacing with them is the Department of Veterans Affairs. And we're trying to work out program where they help us to identify potential candidates, either for short term um, or, or longer term. But those, those are two that jump off the page to me. Mike, do you want to add anything? Sure, you bet. If you're trying to build a case for hiring, if there's a champion inside of an organization, I reckon there's a lot of online sources. I mean, quite a few out there to help build a case for hiring military in terms of the, what they call the business case to help persuade folks. And you can start with the uh, what's called the SHRM Foundation, S-H-R-M, the Society of Human Resources uh, um, professionals there. And also organizations like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Hiring Our Heroes program. A lot of experience in this in this type of world in terms of helping companies figure out how to do this. Armand mentioned the, the SkillBridge program. It really is good, a very good program. And you're right, Armand, it is 180 days. But it essentially allows companies to partner with active duty personnel that are near their separation. And the, the military unit still pays that candidate as if they were on active duty. And so there's no cost to the employer other than showing a reasonable intent to hire. Uh, it's basically a free internship program. And these days, post-COVID, where more and more of the workforce is going remote and going to stay remote, it may not apply directly to pharmaceuticals, but it, it could for staff roles and things along those lines. It's a great program. It, it, in the past, it had been limited to just geography, like being close to it. And then lastly, what I would, you know, I'll do a shameless plug for Orion. We've been doing this for years. We've helped thousands of companies set up programs and coach them through hiring military. So you can use outsourced agencies like Orion to help structure something to get at least get it off the ground and moving for your organization. Well, Mike Armand, thank you so much for being with me today. It's been really interesting learning about the unique attributes veterans can bring to the industry and how pharma can benefit from them. Great. Thanks for giving us the opportunity, Elaine. It was fun. Yeah. Thanks. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truestheorem.ntwk.com. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs. Hi, I'm Mike Starrett, CEO of Orion Talent. And my leadership tip is to seek advice from your team and outside of your team, they may see things that you may not. Tap into that, but keep your own best judgment when making the final decisions.
Hi, I'm Dr. Armin Balboni, CEO of Apelli Therapeutics, and my leadership tip is don't be afraid of the truth. Be willing to look at the truth, no matter how uncomfortable that might be. Truths about yourself, your product, your people. If things aren't working and folks aren't performing, just pretending that it's going to get better on its own won't change anything. So best to look at it, address it, and move on. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at farmexecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Farmexec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mjhlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mjhlifesciences.com. 